This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh... Normally, I don't give a damn about these January 6th hearings, especially with Liz Cheney and the others. Uh, however, however, who the hell is that person I'm looking at? I'm sorry. Uh, they got a, 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 a star witness, a movie star witness. Who is that? Cassidy somebody? Cassidy is her name. Oh, that's kind of a cool name, too. Anyway, um, is it me or is that a very attractive uh, witness? I mean, especially so, Right. Uh, they're all lecturing her. I think she used to work for the chief of staff Meadows, and she's got, oh, bombshell information. I heard Donald Trump say that uh, Mike Pence should hang. Oh, gosh, I think that's what she's going to try to say, that yeah, that, that's going to be the, the smoking gun evidence, that Donald Trump used a figure of speech or agreed with somebody else using a figure of speech. When she's, oh, gosh, she is gorgeous. Who is this? Cassidy what? What's her last name? Everyone, oh, Liz is lecturing her. Shut up, Liz. Let's hear from your star witness. This is a January 6th surprise hearing. They weren't supposed to do any of these until next month. They've all been total shams. They've been total waste of time. But this I'm actually interested in. Cassidy who? Uh, let's see. Uh, um, I don't know. I am going to hang on her every word. Hutchinson. Cassidy Hutchinson. Uh, she's alone. Hmm. New details about Trump's actions during the riot. Well, the important actions that you need to know that we already know is that he tweeted several times for everybody to go home and respect law enforcement. He tweeted that. Then he said it out loud. He did it at two o'clock. He did it at three o'clock and he did it at four o'clock. All right. They want to portray him as a monster. He is. They are lying. They are lying about the whole damn thing. And actually, I've got Nancy Pelosi indicating as much that this was the plan all the way back in 2018. They were thinking about this stuff. This is Pelosi. I'm sorry, 2019. Does this sound like a woman with a plan? This is Nancy Pelosi, 2019. And she seems to be outlining the playbook they'll use against Trump post-election. Cut 35. Listen to this. Cut 35. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Cut 34. What we are discussing today is the established fact that the president violated the Constitution. It is a matter of fact that the president is an ongoing threat to our national security and the integrity of our elections, the basis of our democracy. All right. Uh, You hear that? An ongoing threat to the integrity of our elections. They had this plan to mess with our elections all along. This is like a false flag. We're going to mess with the elections. Donald Trump's going to call us out for messing with the elections, and then we're going to accuse him of undermining democracy. All right. Now, turn up the volume, please. I got to hear this. Is it, let Cassidy talk. Cassidy appears to be 29. She's brunette. I'm sorry. I know I'm not supposed to make these observations anymore, but this is the one witness I want to hear from. 
not Chris Steyerwalt. Uh, I want to hear from her. Uh, uh, she's worked for Meadows, who was the chief of staff. Now Benny Thompson. Okay, let's hear this part. Oh, what a suit. She's wearing all white with a black T-shirt. All right, turn it up. Through January 2021, I will now swear in our witness. The witness will please stand and raise her right hand. You swear or affirm on the penalty of perjury that the testimony you're about to give is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you, God. Thank you. You may be seated. Let the record reflect the witness answered in the affirmative. Oh, brother. I now recognize myself for questions. Ms. Hutchinson, what about an I'd opening like to statement? start with a few questions about your background. The, the, these are some photographs we've obtained highlighting your career. These show you with members of Congress, including Steve Scalise, as well as the White House with leader Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan. Others show you with the president and members of Congress aboard Air Force One. Before you worked in the White House, you worked on Capitol Hill for Representative Steve Scalise. All right, stop it, stop it, stop it. When she starts moving her mouth, I want in. All right, I want to see what the hell's going on. Uh, This is, again, a former White House aide to Mark Meadows. And she's a Capitol Hill person. A lot of them happen to be very attractive. Uh, She is, is it me? Kevin, what do you think of her? No comment. Wise man, not commenting. All you guys, all you guys got the briefing, right? Yeah, never, never. Oh, Rich gave a thumbs up. Uh, not the married Rich, the other Rich who just started working here uh, yesterday. Uh, let's see. All right, turn it up. Chief of Staff's office with Mr. Meadows when he became the fourth chief of staff. It's difficult to describe a typical day. Um, I was a special assistant to the president and an advisor, advisor to the chief of staff. The days depended on what the president was doing that day, and that's kind of how my portfolio was reflected. I had a lot of outreach with members of Congress, senior cabinet, cabinet officials. We would work, I would work on policy issues with relevant internal components and members on the Hill, as well as Okay, she had a busy job. Now, what is, why, why did you interrupt service. everything? Why are we here at 1 o'clock? Why? Why did they schedule this this meeting, this special hearing, just for her. We know. Oh, who cares about her resume? What does she have to say? I want to hear the juice, okay? The heart of the matter. What did a typical day look like Oh, for you? shut up. A typical day? It doesn't matter. January 6th, okay? You guys have spun this. Oh, God, what did a typical day? Is on for Capitol Hill. Um... We did a lot of presidential travel engagements. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is company time. This is taxpayer time. We all know it's busy at the White House. Traveling, getting, oh, God, they're so full of themselves. They just wanted to be on TV. They just wanted to be on TV. That's it. Liz Cheney. How else is Liz Cheney going to get on television, by the way? Okay, I mean, um. All right. Now, when they ask a question, okay, now let me hear. The White House throughout the day. That's correct, sir. Mr. Meadows and I were in contact almost pretty much throughout every day um, consistently. Although so much 
of grave importance happens in the West Wing of the White House. It's a quite a small building. Uh, above me on the screen, you can see a map of the first floor of the West Wing of the White House. Huh? On the right, you can see the president's Oval Office. On the left, the chief of staff's office yeah, suite. Yeah, and, and, and Cassidy Within worked. the chief of staff's what? office suite is the heart of the West Wing was your desk, which was between the vice president's office, Ms. Kirshner's office, and the Oval Office. Ms. Hutchinson, is this an accurate depiction of where you were located? It's accurate. It's a lot smaller than it looks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Ms. Hutchins, this is a photo that shows. And by the way, the turn it down a little bit because actually, I've been in the West Wing a million times and it is totally cramped. It's totally unimpressive. The White House is impressive. You got to like remind yourself where you are, and it's pretty easy to do that. But when you're actually looking around, the rooms are dinky. Uh, the furniture is kind of old. It doesn't. It really isn't all that. And we have kind of shortchanged, I believe, the executive branch. You know, uh, you can't have this, you can't have that. So um, it's very small, a very small number of people. Now you've got 10,000 people working right next door at the old executive office building. Okay, is this getting interesting yet? Because I know she's beautiful, but um, it's, it's only gotten me this far. I'm ready to change the channel. Go ahead. Second, four days before the attack on our Capitol, President Trump's lead lawyer, Mr. Giuliani, was meeting with White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and others. So? Ms. Hutchinson, do you remember Mr. Giuliani meeting with Mr. Meadows on January 2nd, 2021? I do. He met with Mr. Meadows in the evening of January 2nd, 2021. And we understand that you walked Mr. Giuliani out of the White House that night, um, and he talked to you about January 6th. What do you remember him saying? As Mr. Giuliani and I were walking to his vehicles that evening, he looked at me and said something to the effect of, Cass, are you excited for the 6th? It's going to be a great day. I remember looking at him saying, Rudy, could you explain what's, hey, what's happening Hey, Mr. Mayor, young lady. Uh, he, he had responded something to the effect of, we're going to the Capitol. It's going to be great. The president's going to be there. He's going to look powerful. He's, he's going to be with the members. He's going to be with the senators. Talk to the chief about it. Talk to the chief about it. He knows about it. And did you go back uh, then up to the West Wing and tell Mr. Meadows about your conversation with Mr. Giuliani? I did. After Mr. Giuliani had left the campus that evening, I went back up to our office, and I found Mr. Meadows in his office on the couch. He was scrolling through his phone. I remember leaning against the doorway and saying, I had an interesting conversation with Rudy, Mark. Sounds like we're going to go to the Capitol. He didn't look up from his phone and said something to the effect of, there's a lot going on, Cass, but I don't know. Things might get real, real bad on January 6th. Oh. Uh, Ms. Hutchinson, Mr. Meadows I is engaged in litigation it. with the committee to try to avoid testifying here. Um, what, what was your reaction when he said to you things might get real, real bad? In the days before January 2nd, I was apprehensive about the six. Apprehensive? I heard general plans for a rally. Uh, I had heard tentative movements to potentially go to the Capitol. But when hearing Rudy's take on January 6th and then Mark's response, that was the first, that evening was the first moment that I remember feeling scared. 
and nervous for what could happen. No, brother. All right. 6th. I remember going into and Baghdad on April 7th of uh, 2003. That that I felt scared going into Baghdad. You know, she's she's playing along and the rewards from the swamp will be will be immense, will be immense. Cassidy Hutchinson. Turn up the volume one more time. I want to uh, talk about a conversation that you had with Mr. John Ratcliffe, the director of national intelligence. And uh, you had this conversation in December of 2020. Mr. Ratcliffe was nominated by President Trump uh, to oversee U.S. intelligence, uh, our U.S. intelligence community. Uh, and before his appointment, Mr. Ratcliffe was a Republican member of Congress. As you will see on this clip, Director Ratcliffe's comments in December of 2020 were prescient. Prescient. My understanding was Mr. Rat- Director Ratcliffe didn't want much to do with the post-election period. Director Ratcliffe felt that <laughs> it wasn't something that the White House should be pursuing. All right, uh, whoever Director Ratcliffe is, uh, he, he's yeah, he's the director of national intelligence. What I'm chuckling at is that's what she looks like normally. Okay, she's dressed in a very drab manner, right? Uh, she looks all washed out and haggard. They just sent her to uh, I don't know Rancho Relaxo, some ranch in the desert southwest. They gave her a full on makeover for her appearance today. All right. I, I, I observe the obvious. Just because she's hot doesn't mean she's not a swamp snake. What a swamp snake. Ooh, January 6th could be a rough day. Well, he was right about that. All right. Uh, what nonsense. And by the way, Rudy, he was on the show last night. Some people are trying to make a big uh, my Newsmax show. He was terrific. Um, of course, he's rooting. A lot of people are rooting, if you know what I mean, for Andrew. Andrew Giuliani. Rob Astorino, Harry Wilson. I love those guys. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, all right. How do we feel about this stuff? How do we feel about this stuff? Uh, am I, I just, are you interested in the January? I'm kind of fascinated by what's happening with this. They have a new witness. This was a surprise hearing. They found somebody who works for Mark Meadows, who is the chief of staff to President Trump, Right up until the end, and she's saying, oh, I heard Rudy Giuliani say something about January 6th. Oh, Mark Meadows said January 6th could be bad. And this is the smoking gun testimony. I noticed that this is, you know, you heard me earlier say, oh, wow, what a hottie. Uh, she's not always a hottie, okay? They just brought her back from Canyon Ranch, and uh, they gave her a bunch of pineapple um, uh, colonics or whatever and uh, put her out in the sun, and she looks fantastic. Well, then we have some video testimony of her from, I don't know, a few months ago. And, uh, well, <laughs> the, the the contrast is amazing. They gave her uh, a makeover, an appointment with the fashion police, and everything is different now. All right, let me hear it one more time. Any individual that has uh, presidential protection, so the chief of staff or the um, national security advisor, as well as the vice president's team, too. Tony would oversee all of that, and he was the conduit for security protocol between White House staff and the United States Secret Service. Thank you. And you also described a brief meeting between Mr. Ornato and Mr. Meadows on the potential for violence 
the meeting was on January 4th. They were talking about the potential for violence on January 6th. Let's listen to a clip of that testimony. Remember Mr. Ornato had talked to him about intelligence reports. I remember Mr. Ornato coming in and saying that we had intel reports saying that there could potentially be violence on the, on the 6th. You also told us about reports of violence and weapons that the Secret Service were receiving on the night of January 5th and throughout the day on January 6th. Is that correct? That's correct. There are reports that police in Washington, D.C. had arrested several people with firearms or ammunition following a separate pro-Trump rally in Freedom Plaza on the evening of January 5th. Are those some of the reports that you recall hearing about? They are. They are. They are. This is so disturbing. There were no weapons brought to the Capitol. Not one. Zero. I am sick of this. I am sick of this. Liz Cheney should be expelled. She never should be eligible for federal office again. She is doing this to avenge, I don't know, the Cheneys, the Bushes, all kinds of weird hangups that she has. Remember this. Remember this. The woman who was speaking, uh, Liz Cheney, every time she opens her mouth, she is worth probably close to $10 million at least. Her father is worth maybe $200 million. Uh, this is a pet project. They can they can indulge themselves with this nonsense. Ay, 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 ay. Now, is that it? Have we heard the crux of the matter? Is that it, that she heard Rudy say it's going to be big, it's going to be uh, wild? Didn't the president say that? What is happening here? Screwing us around. Taxpayer time. Then again, maybe I shouldn't get worked up because nobody else is. Re- this really doesn't make a difference. However, they think today is going to make a difference. One more time on the volume. Has obtained police radio transmissions identifying individuals with firearms, including AR-15s, near the ellipse on the morning of January 6th. Let's listen. Now, the individual was in a tree. to be a white male, about six feet tall. Thin build, brown cowboy boots. He's got blue jeans and a blue jean jacket, and underneath the blue jean jacket, the complainants both saw a stock of an AR-15. He's gonna be with a group of individuals, about five to eight, five to uh, eight other individuals. Two of the individuals in that group at the base of the tree near the porta potties were wearing green fatigues, green olive draft style fatigues, about five eight five nine, skinny, uh, skinny white males, brown cowboy. Stop boots. it. Stop it. This guy is relaying a description that he heard from a person, just so you know. He's not narrating something he's seeing. He said complainant. He's narrating something he heard from somebody else. All right? That's it. That's it. They're playing this. A year and a half ago, somebody thinks they saw somebody with a gun, and they're making a federal case out of it, literally. Turn it up. Cowboy boots, weapon on the right, right side hip. They're just repeating each other's report now. AR-15s at 14th and Independence. How about some photographic evidence? As you saw in those emails, the first report that we showed, we now know was sent in the 8 o'clock hour on January 6th. This talked about people in the crowd wearing ballistic helmets and body armor. Carrying radio equipment. She wasn't there. She, what the hell is the going on? What we showed you on the screen was sent by the Secret Service in the 11 a.m. hour. And it addressed reports of a man with a rifle near the ellipse. Ms. Hutchinson, in prior testimony, you described for us a meeting in the White House around 10 a.m. in the morning of January 6th. 
involving Chief of Staff Meadows and Antonio Arnato. Were you in that meeting? I was. I was. Let's listen to I your was. testimony about that meeting, and then we'll have some questions. I was. I think the last time we talked, you mentioned that um, some of the weapons that people had at the rally included flagpoles, oversized um, sticks or flagpoles, um, bear spray. Is there anything else that you recall hearing about that um, the, the people who would gather? On hearing side? about, hearing about. Tony and I having a conversation with Mark probably around 10 a.m., 10, 15 a.m., where I remember Tony mentioning knives, guns in the form of pistols and rifles, um, bear spray, body armor. This is, this is, use, this is inherently useless. She hears from some guy named Tony who hears from somebody else tales about knives and guns and bear spray. Thank you. Who the hell cares? You know why they're having her? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because she's pretty. Because she's pretty. Because she's attractive. They just wanted to spend time with her. You think I'm crazy? That's how the world goes round, folks. Believe it or not, that happens all the time. All the time. Wow. What a breakthrough. What a breakthrough. Tell us about that time Tony told you about something he heard. Guns. Wow. Stay with me. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, this this demure, very beautiful, tall, dark brunette woman testifying. I'm guessing maybe what twenty nine years old. She's got quite the mouth on her. First of all, let's listen to her. Uh, let's listen to her beautiful voice when she's you know on, on the cameras on the microphone. Go ahead. But when we were in the offstage announced tent, I was part of a conversation. I was, in the, I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I, I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. Let the people in. Take the effing mags away. All right. So um, take the bags away. Now, she was texting a moment ago. And we saw her text messages. She wasn't saying effing, if you know what I mean. She was saying the whole word. Um, ratting out the president. I mean, just uh, trying to make him look bad. I think that's what's happening here. Um, very strange. A lot of strange things are going on. I'd like to bring in Derek Evans. Derek, an American politician, and unfortunately, I believe, technically, is he a convicted felon? He'll tell us in a moment. He served as a member of the West Virginia House of Delegates, but he was there uh, on January 6th. And he got into a lot of trouble, and I believe he may be going to jail soon. Look, I feel that so many of these folks have been unfairly persecuted and prosecuted, and it strikes me that uh, Derek Evans is one of them. Derek, can you hear me? Are you on the phone? Yes, sir, I am. Thank you for having me. Well, welcome to the show. I understand you recently entered a guilty plea? Yes, sir. What did you plead guilty to? It ended up being civil disorder. And I was sentenced to three months in federal prison. Uh, when do you start your prison sentence? Uh, I'm still waiting instructions to self-surrender. So I should hear something in the next few weeks as to when that will take place. How old are you? I'm 37. 37. So um, you, went to, you went to the Capitol on January 6th. Did you actually go inside the Capitol? I did. Yep, I was on the east side of the of the building and walked through uh, the the doors on that side. And tell me the charge that you pleaded guilty to again. 
felony civil disorder. Felony civil disorder, and you're only going to jail for three months. I mean, let's face it, they've been throwing the book at some of these guys. <laughs> Sounds to me like you, well, did you walk in? Uh, did you, Was the door open? Did you break anything? Uh, what happened? I actually walked through. Uh, everyone was peaceful and respectful. I walked straight over to a police officer um, who thanked him for his service, told him, you know, we was not there to cause any trouble. He gave me a fist bump, so I walked on inside. And when you pointed this out to the court, uh, you know, like to me, you're off the hook. I mean, I saw it myself. I saw cops letting people inside. I've seen video of it. I've played it a million times. I mean, it's a, it's a public curiosity. Something's going on there. I got you can get close and walk on in. You didn't break in. So what did they say to that? Or what did your lawyer say? I mean, why doesn't that wash as a defense here? Well, the, at the end of the day, they they did the same thing to me as they have done to a lot of these other people, which is, uh, you know, slap that uh, obstruction of an official proceeding charge on you, which is comes with a maximum of 20 years. And um, so at, at one point I was facing 24 years in prison and, you know, I've got four young kids and, and a wife and um, it's been, a, it's been an, an emotional roller coaster to say the least. Well, um, that's pretty wild, man. That's pretty wild. I guess has your life, when were you arrested? Uh, I was one of the very first people arrested. Uh, it was either January 8th or January 9th, somewhere, somewhere around in there. And how much time did you have to do? How much time have you done in jail already? So luckily, I was only there for that uh, one day. Um, I was able to get out, and I've been able to be home with my family as we've been fighting you know, this legal battle, which was huge. My wife was nine months pregnant at the time uh, with her fourth child. And um, as you said earlier, I mean, I'm very fortunate and uh, and I think I'm thankful that I was able to be home with my family during this time as opposed to sitting, you know, in solitary confinement, you know, in the D.C. jail like some of my um, uh, the other people have been treated. Sure, sure. Now, look, you were actually in you were holding office. You were a, in the House of Delegates for West Virginia. In New York, that's like being a, a state assemblyman. You were a representative. Um, how did this affect your political career? Uh, well, you know, at the time, uh, at the advice of my lawyer, I resigned my seat, um, which ended up, you know, the judge ended up finding favor in that. So I guess it was a good thing in, in that in that regard. But I can tell you I have a ton of support here. Uh, I've had constituents come up to me and shake my hand and thank me for uh, having the guts to stand up and, and speak up for them and to represent them. Um, so they were they were actually happy to have someone who had enough guts to do that. All right. Well, uh, three months in jail. Damn. Do we know is going to be, you know, minimum security? It's got to be minimum security. It's got to be, you know, uh, I hope it's not going to be maximum security. Believe it or not, I've heard of people, if it's 90 days, if it's less than 90 days, they have to send you to like a maximum security because they don't have the turnover, something to do with that. Are you aware of, you know, what jail they put you to? You may not necessarily get a light prison, a club fed, if you will. That, that is correct. I'm not for sure where I will be going, but I was told that uh, exactly like you just said, uh, with such a uh, small amount of time, it's really wherever they find uh, find uh, room for me at the end of the day. So I'm hoping it's somewhere uh, minimal, but at the end of the day, we'll get through three months of anything. So Where are you right now? I'm at my house in uh, in Wayne County, West Virginia. So, uh, you know, I've seen movies about guys. I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of this, but they talk to prison consultants, guys who have been there. You know, how, what do you, how do you maximize your time? How do you get along? How do you protect yourself? Have you been preparing for that? I have been trying to as much as possible. Absolutely, yes. Well, Derek Evans, um, you know, look, 
I, I don't think you should be going to jail. I just don't. I You probably made the right decision, though, with uh, what they may have done. They could have thrown the book at you. Uh, it seems totally unfair. Is there anything anything we can do for you? I mean, what would what would you like to say? Is there any way a person could help you? Uh, just continue to pray for myself and, and my other, you know, January 6th defendants. I want to thank you for uh, providing good coverage for this. Um, there's a lot of people who are still fighting their legal battles. They can't speak out yet, but I can assure you that, um, you know, I, I've watched intently, you know, with the people who are, who are providing, you know, accurate coverage of this. Uh, so just continue to pray for us, and don't don't forget about the people who are, you know, at the end of the day, going to be held as political prisoners. Yeah, political prisoners indeed. This is so what the Soviet Union used to do. I guess Russia does today. China, other countries do this. They're getting away with it. The fake news is letting it happen. It shouldn't be just me and a handful of others in the media ecosystem sticking up for you guys Quite frankly, it should be the Department of Justice. There should be lawyers there threatening to resign because you guys have been so abused. This is out of control, out of control. And it's because you are to the right politically. It's because you're a Trump supporter. That's it. That's it. We all saw the antics of these crazy people upset with the Roe v. Wade decision. Somehow that was seen as as beautiful and righteous, right? Truth to power and all that stuff. Have you noticed the difference in coverage and treatment? Oh, absolutely. You know, we watched them burn down cities all, all summer long leading up to, to the elections. We watched them pound on the doors during the Kavanaugh hearings inside the building. Um, we, we watched them stand now stand outside of the homes of Supreme Court justices. And they are not only praised that the, you know, the Democrat politicians, uh, Chuck Schumer and those type of people cheer them on and, 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 and encourage them to do those things. And then they want to try to label myself and other people who walk through some doors. Uh, exercising our freedom of speech, uh, you know, as domestic terrorists, and um, it's it's been it's been crazy. It is crazy indeed. I I hope very much one day you can look back and laugh at this. I, I and maybe that day will come. I also know this, and something tells me you do too. If you look at the Bible, there are a million examples of something great and amazing happening from the lowest of the low moments. And uh, lots of people in that big book went to jail, as you know, falsely accused and whatnot. So uh, have you thought about that? I have absolutely thought about that, and I'm going to spend my three months in there, um, you know, rereading my Bible and the Constitution and just going to really dive into all of that. I'm not going to waste three months of my life. I'm going to come out as a, uh, you know, even more in-depth knowledge of the Constitution as well as the Bible, for sure. One other thing. Have you thought about, um, with this hanging over your head— are you able, were you able to work? I mean, this has got to be just such an inconvenience and a huge expense, lawyers and everything like that. So tell me a favor. Just tell me from the time you were arrested to right about now, you know, how have you been spending your time? Oh, man. Well, luckily, I do work for myself. I uh, run, run a real estate business, but it is this is very, came very close to bankrupting us. And that was one of the other decisions to uh, go ahead and plead guilty when, uh, when the time came. Um, you know, it's, we've, we've refinanced homes, we've sold homes. We've, you know, it's, it's been very, very tough. Uh, once again, having four kids, having a newborn throughout all of this, it's been extremely rough. Um, but we've been able to weather the storm. Uh, we're going to get this behind us. And, um, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to stop fighting for, you know, what I believe in. So I love it, man. Keep in touch. All right. Let me know if I can help. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day. All right. Derek Evans, everybody. Derek Evans. Remember that name. And, um, man, going to jail. You ever have that that dream 
Ever have the dream that you're going to jail? Am I the only one? I have this recurring dream, but I'm not going away for like a million years. I'm not going away for 20 years. I'm going away for like two years. And it's it just feels so real. And I like I'm going the next day and I'm totally freaked out. That would be one crazy. Hey, Ghislaine Maxwell was is being sentenced, I think, as we speak. Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's wing woman. Let's see if that came in yet. Uh, a common enemy. Ghislaine Maxwell victims testify at sentencing. Prosecutors demand 30 years. All right. So it hasn't happened yet. Uh, it has not happened yet. That's what the prosecutors want. There's some indications that the judge is not going to go that high. Maybe 10 years, maybe 20. She is 60, 60 years old. So how long that 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 could be a life sentence? I don't know enough about the case. I don't. I do sense that there was something of a rush to judgment about her stampede or whatnot. Um, I also would love to know what really happened to Jeffrey Epstein. You know that I know that you know that we know that that guy did not commit suicide. Absolutely not. Uh, Jeff is on the phone in Manhattan. Hi, Jeff. What's going on, Greg? Uh, Not much. Are you watching these dopey hearings? No, I'm actually uh, babysitting a small construction project. Um, I was listening to some of the uh, testimony that you were providing on the radio, and I was almost going to go home and go to the bathroom because it was making me sick. Well, couldn't you just do it at the construction site? Um, I don't like to do certain things on construction sites, if you know what I mean. My home office is usually better suited for those things, Greg. Uh, if you're going to vomit, you know, you just got to you just got to <laughs> make it happen. All right. It, well, other than that, it was a combination. Jeff. Is there another point you'd like to make? Yeah, my my point is is that this entire, I mean, it's almost like the um, the Russia collusion. I mean, this entire thing is nothing more than a distraction uh, for the people that don't have brains to watch uh, TV. It's, it's Well, let me tell you something. There are very few people who are actually watching this stuff, all right? And people who don't have brains, you say, are watching it. They, they actually have brains. They're just consumed with the, well, a lot of elites want this to be a big deal. Martha Raddatz wants it to be a big deal. You know, Democrats want it to be a big deal. But it doesn't work because the American people are smart. We know. We know in our gut. We can tell when we're being lied to. We can tell when we're being manipulated. And this is one of those occasions. I do find it fascinating, though, when it's happening right in front of my face, that they take this young woman, exploit her, give her a makeup, send her out to Rancho Relaxo. She gets tan. And uh, they think that, oh, no one will attack this woman. No one can question her. She's she's a beautiful young woman at the age of 29. You should see what the hell I'm saying about her on Twitter. Same stuff I'm saying on air, by the way. Uh, number one, her story is is useless and worthless because it's mostly hearsay. And I do believe that Cassidy was chosen for this role because of uh, optics, okay? Because of optics, just like those Capitol Hill cops. All right, Jeff, thank you very much. I hope the What building are you building? Uh, it's, it's just a small uh, horse farm for a, a private client. All right. Enjoy. Thanks. Um, hey, the ABC News Network, I came up with what they are. What does ABC stand for? I think it stands for officially American Broadcasting Company. I think it really stands for abortions are better than children. Okay. ABC, abortions are better than children because their coverage of the Roe v. Wade decision Remember, these are supposed to be neutral people. They're supposed to play it right down the middle. 
I don't play it right down the middle. I don't pretend that I do, however. All right? I am a conservative. I am a Trump Republican. I love the guy. I like his style. I like his um, policies. And I I say that. And I can't stand the wokeism and all that stuff. These people pretend that they're neutral. These are folks who pretend that they are not on one side of any issue. Cut 40, if you don't mind, please. This is ABC, formerly known as the American Broadcasting Company, now known as uh, Abortions Are Better Than Children. Cut 40. Just after 10 a.m. on Friday, a legal earthquake. The court stripping women of that fundamental right. It changes the status of American women as citizens of the United States and as citizens of their states. That's the big picture, but let's not mince words. Women will die because of this ruling. Today, I feel as though we have gone back in time, not just 50 years, but we've gone even further. Because for poor women, for black women, for women of color. Um... Relax, everybody. Relax. You know, you say conceivably women will die. Hey, dozens of women died yesterday in that truck in Texas. It's not theoretical. It's not hypothetical. It just freaking happened on a truck. Migrants here illegally, encouraged to do so by Joe Biden. Basically, he said it out loud, come. And then he screwed up an entire system that was working and he did it on purpose and the blood is on his hands. Is it 46 people? 46 or 49? Hardworking pe- 50 now. The death toll is up to 50. Men and women in a truck, desperate to be Americans. People are dying today. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You think my new name for ABC News is going to catch on? ABC News, the American Broadcasting Company, is now abortions are better than children. Abortions are better than children. They had anchors crying, crying about the Roe v. Wade decision being overturned. I could see, you know, people disagree on this issue, but that doesn't give you an excuse to totally skew it. If, hey, you want to call yourself a liberal network, you want to say you're uh, you lean left, go for it. Okay, I'd have nothing to say, nothing to criticize. But you pretend you're something you're not. You pretend you're neutral. You obviously are not. And also, everybody, I mean, everybody is lying about these guys. Hey, I was really tough on Jenna Bush. I know it's not a big deal, but Jenna Bush anchors the, what is that dumb show called? Jenna and Hoda? Hoda and Jenna. No, no, it's not the Today Show. It's the it's the, it's the the Hoda and Jenna show. It's like the fourth hour. It's got its own little franchise. And Jenna Bush is the daughter of George W. Bush. Now, what did George W. Bush do? Well, one good thing he did was appoint Samuel Alito. All right. He wrote uh, one of the opinions there in the Roe v. Wade decision, Samuel Alito, Supreme Court Justice. Now, she works at Woke City. So she's really, really disturbed right now. I mean, she's and I watched yesterday. She was so uncomfortable. And they put this. I don't know who it was. Some guy who could not stop talking about his gayness. I'm gay and I was born gay. I just could not stop talking. I thought he was, is he trying to hook up here? Is he looking? You know, some people treat television as like a great big personal ad. You know, they think they're going to meet somebody great uh, through the TV. They'll write him a letter. They'll reach out on social media and everything will be different. So this guy is just announcing and announcing and reannouncing that he's gay. And meanwhile, Jenna Bush is shaking like a leaf. Listen to this. Cut 44. 
We just have to acknowledge that a lot has been going on in the last 72 hours. We know that the country is feeling a range of emotions. The one thing that I love about this show is that it is a space for joy. It is a space for hope. Yes. Is that what you think of when you think of the Today Show? Joy and hope? I don't think so. Joy and hope. Uh, let's see here. And then it gets... Uh... All right, so Jenna Bush has flown on Air Force One. She has seen her father sworn in as president of the United States. And I don't know what this guy's name is, so I'm just going to call him the gay guy because that's pretty much all he would talk about. There's this one moment, though, where he talked about some party he went to five years ago, and Jenna acts like she's impressed. Uh, Cut 45. So you know how, like, every year for the Oscars, there's always after parties everywhere? Yes. The Oscar party to get into is the Beyonce Jay-Z Oscar party. They have a... They take over the whole basement of the Chateau Marmont, and it's, like, the biggest deal ever. Do they have one every year? (gasps) Every year. Every year. So I brought a friend of mine who's in the business. Stop it for a second. He tries... Does she care? Does she care that much? Do they have one every year at the Chateau Marmont? Do they have one every year? All right, keep going. Sorry. Continue. Is the Beyonce Jay-Z Oscar party. They have a... They take over the whole basement of the Chateau Marmont, and it's like the biggest deal ever. Do they have one every year? Every year. Every year. So I brought a friend of mine who's in the business. He tries to act like he doesn't care about celebrities. So we go to this Oscar party, and we're standing up, and all of a sudden I see this woman sauntering up, and she's in this gilded gown, and she's walking up, and she comes up, and it's Beyonce. Oh, my gosh. I have chills. Wait. She has chills because this guy saw Beyonce at some party in California five years ago. That's not true, Jenna. You're not being honest with us. You're not being honest. It's just I can't stand it. I know it's a little thing. Um, And then this guy goes on. Here he is coming out, I think, for the fifth time in this one show, uh, cut 46. I look into the camera because I can't believe that I'm sitting here across from you hosting the Today Show from a town of 5,000 people. It is truly the American dream. And to all my gay brothers and sisters out there, you can live it too. We love you. We I love said you. I wasn't going to cry this morning. It's Pride Month. <laughs> we love you and we'll be back right after and This guy came out, I think, like 20 years ago, by the way. It's not like it happened right then and there. And by the way, every half of America came from a small town. It's not a big deal. And Jenna's going along with it. Now, Jenna has to go along with it, all right? I mean, I think she's freaked out. But this is what powerful people do. When you got yours, when you got status, when you got money, when you got all that stuff, you want to keep it. You want to hold on to it. I assume she wants to hold on to this little perch, okay? But as a, guess what? As a white woman, she's got a great big target on her back. So she's got to do this woke walk. She's got to make, she's got to pretend that she's impressed with all this stuff, right? That's, uh, that's what's happening here. All right, make it a big deal. She's got to kind of show that she's uh, visibly upset because of the uh, the ruling. And I looked it up, her resume. You know, she was a reading teacher, very admirable, in Baltimore for a couple of years. And then she got hired as a correspondent with the Today Show, like that, just like that. 
Me, what a schmuck I was. I had to, uh, number, first thing I had to do was be unemployed for six months, okay? Then I had to go all over the country. You know, the two people who called me, I had to go to, I told you already, I had to go to Alabama, upstate New York. Oh, I got another offer in Wisconsin. I had to go driving, schlepping all over the place, finally getting a job in Nowheresville for $20,000 a year, then doubling my salary, going to New York One, carrying my own camera, all right, to Staten Island to watch some damn city councilman announce, and you just stuff like that. But no, no, she starts at the Today Show. Good for you, Jenna. I know you'll say and do anything to keep it. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. They just had a great big gossip session, a great big gossip session, and they called it a congressional hearing. January 6th, January 6th. Well, it is for triple, double, triple, double, triple, quadruple checked. This is a fraud. All of it. All of it. And I want a real, real investigation. This was a false flag. Nancy Pelosi had been talking about this for over a year, a year before January 6th. She wanted something like this to happen. And I believe she engineered it. I just sat through that. I'm going to say it. That bimbo. Coming out and wasting everybody's time talking about, oh, I saw ketchup on the wall. Donald Trump was so mad that he allegedly threw a plate at the wall. She wasn't there. She wasn't in the room. She wasn't there. And she is now relaying that to a national television audience. Who the hell cares? This is gossip. This is hearsay. She has no direct evidence of anything. And even the stuff that she say, it's not a big, who cares? Somebody had an argument. You can throw something at the wall if you want. You can. This is America. It's not against the law. They're having congressional hearings about this. They were taking the election from him. And they were gaslighting him. Bill Barr. Bill Barr, who got scared. What scared him wasn't January 6th, wasn't the deplorables. It was the swamp. It was the swamp. It was those important people. The fear of getting impeached. You know what? Impeachment from the swamp, you can wear that like a badge of honor. It's a badge of honor. They reject you. That means you're doing something right. They want to expel you. You're, oh, that's good. That's good. That is great. It's amazing. Everybody. And you know what? We are such a silly, silly cosmetic country. So cosmetic. They bring in they bring in carefully picked cops. Remember? Harry Dunn? Well, no one can question his story. Number one, he's a cop. And number two, it further complicates it because he's black. That was part of the equation. Oh yes it was. The casting, uh-huh. Officer Gunnell, we'll find somebody who served in Iraq. And uh, looks like I think he's from the Dominican Republic, and we're going to yep, that'll be also a tricky one to talk uh to question Officer Fanone. Now he's a white boy, but if he plays up that Hicks stuff and the tattoos, well, no one's going to question him. Not one of them city slickers. Uh uh-uh. uh. All right, so he's covered. Then they bring in the other cop, a uh, hot blonde. Remember that a couple of weeks ago? Now they have her. Then they brought in suspiciously young investigators. I'm talking 23, 24. To say things in this hearing. Anyway, I just I guess it doesn't matter, but it does upset me. It does upset me. 
I, I, there is the chance that this, no, there isn't a chance. What they're trying to do, though, is rattle your cage about Trump. They want to rattle your cage about Trump. Well, it's just not going to be worth the trouble at this point, right? It's just not going to be worth it. I mean, really, huh? Why? Why, why go there? Can't we get DeSantis? Can't we get somebody else? They have lied about this man. They have tried to set, they've sabotaged him, sabotaged his campaign, sabotaged his government. But he was still able to win. He was still able to win. <sighs> I see Brett Baer on Fox News Channel. He's offering his commentary. I wonder what he's saying about all this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Brett well. I've never had dinner with him, never had lunch with him, never had a drink with him. Uh, his office was down the hall from mine for a couple of years, actually. But, oh, he worked over at the Pentagon. I was in the Bureau mostly, sometimes at the White House. I'm a, we weren't chums. But nice enough guy. Nice enough guy. Never been particularly impressed, but nice enough guy. Uh, let's see here. Carrie Lake, who's running for governor, who's a total force of nature. Oh, my God. And I got to say, I think Brett was a little bit on the lazy side, or maybe it was his bosses, because they they're holding their nose about the election. They are. Carrie Lake, candidate for governor, shows up on special report. Here's a little bit of what happened. Cut 18. The Washington Post has a story today. It says Arizona GOP candidate who criticized drag queens was once a fan, according to a drag queen. Do you care to address that? I do care. I actually do care to address that, and I'm really shocked. I'm actually appalled that Fox News would take defamatory story like that. I'm appalled that you would bring that up when you have not talked about our stolen election. You failed to talk about We just spent three that. questions. It's Let's address this story that's in the Washington Post. Every candidate takes wow. tough stories. I'm asking you to I'm, respond I'm to it to if you'd like it. to. I'm happy to address it, but I, I'm really disappointed in Fox. I thought you were a little better than CNN. <laughs> he says he's been in my home for a drag show. That's ludicrous. He's never been in my home. He's lied. We tried to serve him defamation papers. Okay. I don't want to ask these questions. I asked you to address them. I think you do want to ask him, but you don't want to ask about 2,000 mules. This is absolutely ludicrous. I'm really appalled that you would spend time on a false story like that. It's shocking. Hey, why do we edit these things down the way we do? There's a lot more there. We take out every, I mean, people don't talk like that. There's pauses. We take out all the little pauses because we took out some of the content as well. But that's a sample of the exchange. And I thought it was, um, well, Carrie obviously won. It does make a lot of people uncomfortable when you bring up 2,000 mules. They think about, oh, my God, that boss emailed that me about that movie. I, I don't think he likes it. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Uh, there's a Dinesh D'Souza. It didn't, uh, ooh, uh, they just get very nervous and very touchy. It's just a movie with a point of view. And actually, it's a very well done movie. It begs further investigation. Now, Brett did try the, well, the election fraud, you know, 70 judges. Uh, no, 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 no. 70 judges did not rule on the evidence. They never even looked at the evidence. There's all silly jurisdictional stuff um yeah is there any more from that interview or is that it carrie lake is something else she's going to be on my show uh later this week maybe even tonight here she is shutting down that cnn reporter so cnn had this thing called cnn plus remember it was like uh cnn but worse and you had to pay more for it 
the weirdest thing ever conceived. They blew about $300 million on it. And some CNN reporter who's done a nasty job to uh, our friend before. Cut 19, if you don't mind. Hi, Harry. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you. You don't have a mask on anymore. Um, What's going we're on? Outside. Do you have a wow. minute to well, chat? we're six feet apart. <laughs> do you have a minute to chat? Um, I'll do an interview. Okay. As long as it airs on CNN Plus. Oh. Does that still exist? Yeah. I didn't think so because the people don't like what you guys are peddling, so, which is propaganda. Thank do you, you. All right. Just walks away, and the reporter is just stumped. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't that a beautiful thing? Hey, do we have the um, the voicemail from from Joe Biden to Hunter Biden? The whole thing about China is has been blown wide open. Everybody knows that there was something really bad. Do you have that voicemail? Do me a favor and hit it when you can. In the meantime, I want to take you, Rufus, because you got something to say. Rufus. Hey, Greg, how are you? Doing a great job. I, I, I appreciate that you want to work out, but really, uh, we, we, we all miss you. Because, come on, bowling, sustrin, oh, gosh, I'm bored out of my mind. I apologize. Oh, come on. They're good people, good people. And uh, it's true. It's true. I am, uh, I am, today I went running. I didn't lift weights, but I will lift weights tonight. I lifted weights yesterday. I am going to be so ripped and buff. I'm going to be bigger and badder than those Hemsworth kids. You know those guys from Australia? That's the plan. Yes, anyway, what's the, what, what did you want to say? I want to say, uh, listen, uh, you know, Bernie and Sid and a whole bunch of other talk show hosts are already leaning towards DeSantis. I mean, think about it. You know, I could only put it into a sports uh, analogy. You're the Yankees. You're down to the Red, you're up to the Red Sox three games, uh, three games to none. Ortiz takes Mariano, uh, game-winning home run. The next time up, and again, Trump didn't even lose anything yet. He's going to be three and zero, and he's uh, well. He's two and zero in impeachment. Hasn't even lost anything except for the state election. So now, when uh, next time you play the Red Sox, do you put a roll of this guy Chapman in? Of course you don't. You go with Mariano. Bernie and Sid should be going back to Trump. DeSantis can wait in the wings. It's silly not to go with Trump. It's ridiculous. He should get back in there and go right back to work what he was doing. Well, I'll have a talk with the boys, believe me. No, I mean, look, they can say whatever the hell they want. Uh, I've heard that before. I don't agree, and I think that's a real damaging uh, impact of this January 6th stuff. They just want to create so much stink around Trump, but the stink isn't really a stink. Uh, they just It has the optics of a problem, but it's not really a problem. Now, she just walked back in the room, this um, Cassidy. Oh, boy, Cassidy. Wouldn't you like to know somebody named Cassidy? Hi, Cassidy. It's Greg. Um, oh, and the, the photographers are, are going nuts. Yeah, this. Oh, look at that stupid. They got 85 photographers. How could anybody function with 85 photographers right in front of their nose? Right? They, those You got to get them out of the room. The whole thing is a farce. It's literally a circus. It literally is a dumb, dumb circus. And um, who pays? Well, I guess we all do. Trump is probably the one who could pay the most. He deserves to be president right now. He deserves to be elected in 2020. If he can pull it off, and I think he can. All right, do me a favor. One more time on the volume. This is Cassidy Hutchinson, um, a former aide to the White House chief of staff. And she says she saw a lot or heard a lot from other people about Donald Trump. 
attended rallies during the afternoon and the evening of January 5th in Washington, D.C. On January 5th and 6th, Mr. Stone was photographed with multiple members of the Oath Keepers oh. who were allegedly serving as his security detail. As we now know, multiple members of that organization have been charged with or pled guilty to crimes associated All with right. January 6th. This is ancient history now. Let me know when Cassidy starts talking again. I got to say, I know I was bad-mouthing her for a while, but I'm kind of, I don't know. I... Cassidy left me a voicemail? What? Oh, the Hunter Biden voicemail. Um, sure, let's hear that. Hey, Palace Dad, it's 815. Um, it's Joe Biden. On uh, Wednesday night, if you get a chance, give me a call. Not, nothing urgent. just want to talk to you. I thought the article released the thing on online. It's going to be printed tomorrow in the Times. It's good. I think you're clear. I think you're clear. Wow. Why? That's uh, that's a relief, right, Joe? Because you know all that crazy stuff you guys were doing over there in China? Bringing your son all the way over there to China when you were the vice president of the United States, having all those meetings. In fact, you brought him there once, and he went four times on his own to China. To China. When you were vice president of the United States. Now, what would a drug addict, uh, Why? what interest would any respectable Chinese government agent or firm, what would they want with a drug addict named Hunter? Nothing. But a drug addict named Hunter Biden, whose dad's the vice president, and I think they may have all the trouble that we're going through, just might be, as they said in the Manchurian candidate, I mean, what the hell is your status, man? Are you working for us or are you working for them? Could it be any worse? Could this situation be any worse if a paid Russian agent were running the show? You wonder, right? I mean, you wonder. Look at it. This is the, this is the destruction of America. This is the destruction of America. All right. Now, ooh, there's my girl. Let's hear it one more time. Mr. Meadows had a conversation with me where he wanted me to work with Secret Service on a movement from the White House to the Bullard Hotel so he could attend the meeting or meetings with Mr. Giuliani and his associates in the war room. Uh. And what was your view as to whether or not Mr. Meadows should go to the Willard that night? I had made it clear to Mr. Meadows that I didn't believe it was a smart idea for him to go to the Willard Hotel that night. I wasn't sure everything that was going on at the Willard Hotel, although I knew enough about what Mr. Giuliani and his associates were pushing during this period. I didn't think that it was something appropriate for the White House Chief of Staff to attend or to consider involvement in. I made that clear to Mr. Meadows. I made that clear to Mr. Meadows, my boss. I made that clear to Mr. Meadows. You know what you need? There are too many young people who work in the White House, quite frankly. Too many, over, oh, sh- These young people help you get elected, but they're, they suck at governing. And there's a big difference between campaigning and governing. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I guess we're not going to have any returns, right? Anytime soon. What time do polls close? Nine o'clock? Nine? Nine. Uh, wow. Hey, on the Democrat side, I'd really love to see Tom Swazi. That would be something else. I guess it's not expected, but you never know. Anything could happen in politics. And uh, listen, I'm friendly with... Uh, uh, Giuliani, I like Castorino, and uh, even that Harry Wilson. Uh, you know, Zeldin, I'm sorry, but boy, oh boy, did he turn me off in that debate. He really did. You know, coming after 
coming after Andrew about, you know, the inauguration day, 1994. It was so stupid. And he had this entitled way about him. We'll see what happens. Um, Also, we have other problems besides January 6th and other things to keep our eye on. Uh, The fixation on gender and changing your gender and children encouraging them to switch. It's, it's not letting up. It's not letting up. Do we have this? Um, I tell you, saw something that blew my mind in instructional video that's being shown right now in area schools in Albany, public schools about how normal it is to feel like you're not the gender you were born. That's not normal, by the way. That's a, that's a disorder. It's okay. I got about 15 disorders of various types. But I don't have this one, gender dysphoria. That's a disorder. You can look it up. It's a psychiatric problem. But here they say, oh, you got this, uh, you got this disorder? Well, it's almost like an anorexic. That's a disorder, right? Anorexia nervosa, I think they call it. That's a disorder. Well, imagine being um, anorexic and going to your doctor and saying, I, I, I think I'm fat. And the doctor says, okay, well, let's see if we can cut some calories. Even if you're 85 pounds, they're going to, try to, they're going to put you on a diet. That's a little bit like this gender dysphoria stuff. They think I may want to be a boy. Okay, let's go ahead and shape you up a penis and uh, get you on these hormones. That's uh, the last step, if any. It's very, very rare, but they're making it seem as... As typical as, I don't know, getting the flu. Cut 47. Hi, fish. Come here. Oh, you need a name. Let's see. Wait a second. What gender are you? A person who is transgender is someone whose internal sense of their gender, being a boy, girl, or something else, doesn't match their physical body. People who feel this way sometimes feel anxious when they begin to reach puberty and their body starts to change in ways that don't match their internal sense of their gender. These feelings are totally normal. All right, they're not normal. They're just not normal. That's gender dysphoria. I already went through that. And here's where they tell these kids to just, um, wait a second, Uh uh-oh, do I have a problem here? Okay, no. Everyone's just telling me, I'm getting all kinds of reports that this Cassidy person was basically an intern, and they're treating her like uh, she's the former White House counsel. (laughs) She's just an intern, just an intern. Uh, Let me hear the next part of this uh, thing, please. Endocrinologists specialize in hormones, and they're the most likely to prescribe puberty blockers for someone who wants them. Puberty blockers are medications that will stop your body from changing. They are usually given as an injection or an implant. They block the production of hormones to stop or delay the physical changes of puberty. The effects of the medication are only temporary, so if a person stops using puberty blockers, the physical changes of puberty will begin again. Puberty blockers. Like Tic Tacs, right? (laughs) Just a... Yeah, like sugar pills, uh, like aspirin. Oh, just take some of these puberty blockers. And endocrinologists will be happy to give you them if you want some. I think that's what she said. If you want some, they'll give you some. Puberty blockers? I think that might have some long-term effects, even though they made it all look cute in the cartoon. It was a cartoon, by the way. Yeah, you know, uh, just uh, little scrubbing bubble type guys posed as the as the puberty hormones. All very, very um, radical, disguised to look normal, 
And that's, folks, that's very worrisome. It really is. How do you feel otherwise? How do you feel otherwise? Are you reading the Bible like I've told some of you guys? Um, I have. Here's what I'm doing. The year is almost halfway over. The year is almost halfway over. Six months. Six months to go. July 1st. Okay? I don't want this year to be like the other years where I didn't make good on all the things I wanted to get done. I want to... I want to be reading the Bible like it is, like it is as automatic as as brushing my teeth. And basically, I am like uh, reading it the way someone would. Um, anyway, every other day, the John, the, the 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 Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible. It's all in there with these little beautiful notes. And it is wild. You know, the other day, I did not know where to start, and I was going through the. Uh, where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? And then I opened up a podcast, and then this guy was talking about Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. I said, okay, maybe I'll look at Matthew, and I looked down, and it was the exact chapter. It was the exact, it was Matthew, the book, and the chapter the guy was talking about. He'll help you. When you start this process, God will help you. It happens, and when it does, it's so amazing, and it's like confirmation. It's like he's tapping you on the shoulder or smacking you in the face. Yes, I'm real. This is the real thing. It's happening. I'm in charge. I want you close to me. Stay with me. You know, it's true. And it's all available to each and every one of us through the Bible. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. One after the next, I'm hearing about all these uh, people who claim they saved the Republic by resigning on January 6th. A bunch of no-name swamp people. Who they reacted. You know what really bothered them when Trump said that Mike Pence did not have the courage to um, do what needed to be done. And what needed to be done, in our opinion, under the Electoral Count Act of 1887 was to uh, push these electoral votes back to the state capitals, a handful of them. The president of the United States had a dispute with his vice president. You think that's unprecedented? It's not. Uh, vice President uh, Garner ran against his president. Uh, uh, FDR. You can disagree. And some guy named Pottinger, who worked in the National Security Council, and they get they get rewarded by the swamp. The swamp thinks it's about them. They think it's about them. It's not. This artificial apparatus just grew, and it grew out of control. They think they're in charge. The people are in charge. This is so clear-cut. This is the swamp striking back at Trump. They want to make sure he never, ever, ever comes back. The more they try, the more they're going to fail. Let me hear. Let me hear. And there was the last group, which was deflect and blame. Let's blame Antifa. These aren't our people. It's my understanding that Mr. Meadows was in the deflect and blame category, but he did end up taking a more neutral route, knowing that there were several advisors in the president's circle urging him to take more action, um, which I think was reflected in the rhetoric released later that day in the videos. You told us that the White House counsel's office was in the camp encouraging the president to tell the rioters to stop the attack and to leave the Capitol. Let's listen. White House Counsel's Office wanted there to be a strong statement out to condemn the rioters. I'm confident in that. 
Now let's look at just one example of what some senior advisors to the president Notice how, how short these sound bites are, by the way. Look at the exhibit that we're showing on the screen now. Have you seen this note before? That's a note that I wrote at the direction of the chief of staff on January 6th, likely around 3 o'clock. And it's written on a chief of staff note card, but that's your handwriting, Ms. Hutchinson? That's my handwriting. And why did you write this note? The chief of staff was in a meeting with Eric Hirschman and potentially Mr. Philbin, and they had rushed out of the office fairly quickly. Mark had handed me the note card with one of his pens and started dictating a statement for the president to potentially put out. And no, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Uh, there are two She's phrases on giggling. there, one illegal and then one without proper authority. The illegal phrase was the one that Mr. Meadows had dictated to me. Mr. Hirschman had chimed in and said, also put without legal authority. This there is so unbelievably trivial. It's trivial. Trump put out tweets, and in the 3 o'clock hour, he put out a tweet. And in the 4 o'clock hour, he put out a video statement saying, stand down. This nitpicking, this is, this was all a setup. He's being framed right before our eyes. Keep going. To take further action on that statement. So, um, to your knowledge, this statement was never issued? It was, to my knowledge, it was never issued. And Ms. Hutchinson, did you understand that Ivanka Trump wanted her father to send people home? That's my understanding. Okay, yes. all right, shut up. He did. He did send people home. You know, they think that people can't access this stuff. Well, the media won't access it, but it exists. I'll show you tonight. I got to actually, let me see if I can find it right now. You know, it's hard because they deleted Trump from the Internet. They deleted him essentially from the Internet, from his Twitter account. All of those posts are gone. But Donald Trump on the afternoon of January 6th telling people to go home. They were saying, well, you should have done it from the Oval Office on television. Well, I mean, it was, what difference does that make? Do it on social media. Everyone has their phone. Not everybody has a television set walking around the Capitol, right? Oh, wow. It's, um, there's something very, very sinister. I am worried for the country. They won't stop. Pamela's in Central Jersey. Are you watching this thing? What do you make of it? I I have the analogy of um, the movie 1954, The Cane Mutiny, with Humphrey Bogart, Fred McMurray, and Jose Ferrer. Jose Ferrer plays the Navy lawyer. Yeah. And at the end, he gives that magnificent monologue to Fred McMurray, who's the little wuss that ratted on his boss instead of helping him and working with him. The man was having a nervous breakdown, the captain. He had served well. And instead of helping him, they all were Brutuses. Many were followers. Fred McMurray was the main troublemaker. And Jose Ferrer gives it to them all in the most magnificent speech I've ever heard. Watch that movie, everyone. Uh, you're right. This is the J6 committee. This is the J6 committee. You know, what you're talking about, you're talking about when Jose Ferrer meets them for the celebration dinner because he got off the hook on the mutiny, right? That's that. It's not the trial. It's afterwards at the party. It's a party. You're right. Oh, my goodness. You're right. I forgot about that scene. It's the one where he f- throws the drink in Fred McMurray's face, right? Right. 
Are you, he gives it to him at the end. Yeah, he gives it to him, and he throws a drink at Fred McMurray's face. And Fred because McMurray... Fred McMurray, Fred McMurray started all the trouble and then watched as it went on, and he got away with everything. And um, two people were up for mutiny. He started the trouble, sat back and watched it, and got off on it. Uh, he sure did, didn't he? And uh, he got caught in the end. What a great movie. Hey, you know what happened to the Ensign? You know the Ensign who was in that movie? Remember the good-looking guy? Um, you know, the, the the green one, the one who just showed up, the one who was uh, had the hots for that singer. Don't you remember uh, the singer who was, and but he was too much of a mama's boy to... Uh, you know, pop the question. Don't you remember? Oh, you know, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, so that detail escapes me at the moment. All right, well, that's the whole plot. Well, it's a half the plot. It's the love story plot. Anyway, um, you remember the important stuff. I was just going to tell yeah. you that that actor, two months after the damn movie, died in a plane crash. Horrible. Yeah. Well, it's not that horrible. You can't even remember the guy. <laughs> I mean... Oh, well, I remember the you know the main point. I, I watched that movie all throughout my life right. as a little girl and everything. No, I and got it at home. I got it at home. I got it in my uh, iTunes library. Kane, uh, the Kane Mutiny, the guy who wrote the book, Herman Wolk, just died. Uh, I think two years ago at the age of like 110. It was an amazing guy. What a life! Uh, it is a great movie. Humphrey Bogart, you know the missing strawberries, all that stuff. Thank you, Pamela, very very much. You know, I got people texting me all over the place telling me, oh, these hearings are so impressive. Oh, this one guy keeps, he. I, I told him about a year ago, stop it, and he stopped it. Now he's back. Now he's back. How do I handle a guy like this? Holy crap, he writes. Are you listening to this testimony? Trump tried to grab the steering wheel of the presidential limo, and there was a political altercation with the head of the secret security who said, we're not going to the Capitol. This is deranged stuff by their dear leader. Each hearing, I think it can't get any worse for the former dear leader. And it does. This is, oh boy. I think guys like this, and I know this guy, he's a good guy, he's a working class guy. You know, they, they, I think their heart is actually with Trump. But they, they chose the wrong guy. They can't get their head around it. I don't know. There's a disconnect. I'm just writing him back. I say, these hearings are a joke. Blank, I say his name. Yes, I'm watching. We are a million miles apart on this. Have a great summer. Is that good? Can I just write have a great summer so he doesn't write me back? Have a great summer. See you in 24. No, I don't want to write that. Have a great summer. That should do it. I hope. You have any friends like that hassling you about your allegiance to Trump? Peter in New Jersey, hello. Hello, Greg. How are you doing? No, really. I have no problems with allegiance with Trump. I'm with him all the way, all the way, red, white, and blue. Uh, and suddenly, they called you in regards to uh, South Dakota, um, our governor out there. Hey, I'm going to meet her tonight. I think I'm going to I'm gonna meet – she's going to be on my show, Christy Nome. I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, well, you know, again, they disapproved the fireworks at uh, Mount Rushmore. And it's becoming now a federal law that the Biden administration is breaking by not letting them have this uh, celebration. Also, I got one more question. Wait, I'm sorry. There's a law against having fireworks at the at the place at the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, the fact is that they are violating federal law by not letting South Dakota. But there is. What I don't understand. There's a federal law that says there must be fireworks. 
It's right on the Newsmax website. I, I don't I, I don't access it as much as I should. I just want to hear you can tell me there's a federal law that says there must be fireworks at Mount Rushmore. That doesn't sound like a federal law to me. Yeah, I know, but it does say How they there's no law that says there must be a firework display. You mu- well, there, we don't have those kinds of laws. There are laws that say you can shoot off fireworks, but there are no laws that say you must shoot off fireworks. Well, the fact is that they are violating. All right, Peter, I'll I'm going to talk to the governor about this tonight. Dino, no, wait, uh, 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 Sandra from New Jersey. Yes, hi, Sandra. Oh, good afternoon. How are you today? Good to hear from you again. What's going on? I, I simply wanted to, you know, recommend a great movie. I don't know if you saw it yet, Elvis. No, I heard about. I saw the previews when I went to go see Top Gun. Is it good? Well, I think it was outstanding. I mean, the makeup that was done on Tom Hanks is unbelievable. I would say Austin Butler. This was his day. He was so. He looked exactly like Elvis, and he's so handsome. And and um, yeah. and there was a lot of political information too in the movie. Like they like um, they would say that the movements of his body was why they didn't want him to sing, but it was really because he was for integration. And this um, senator, I think his name was Easton, I don't remember, but he really wanted to end Elvis so he could stop the uh, integration. And, you know, they wanted him to go to jail, but he went to the service instead. But all right. Great movie. Sandra, we're going to go watch it. We're going to go watch it. Uh, Elvis, I have heard good things, and now your endorsement. Uh, hey, I got a little bit of news here. Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, Epstein's wing woman, was just sentenced to 20 years in prison for her role in helping powerful pedophile Jeffrey Epstein abuse young girls, capping off a dramatic fall from grace for the British socialite turned convicted Sex trafficker. I'm reading from the New York Post here. Maxwell's sentencing marked the end of the federal criminal proceedings against her in the Southern District. Uh, 60 years old, uh, spent much of her time hobnobbing with the rich and famous. Now she's going to prison for a long time. I guess she'll get credit for time served. 20 years isn't what it used to be. Now, what's the deal? I hear there's no there's no uh, parole in the federal system. Is that true? Uh, let's see here. Maxwell's defense attorneys begged for leniency, saying she should get no more than four to five years, while probation officials recommended 20. Uh, uh, probation officials? I'm sure that was prosecutors. No. Yeah, no. Probation. Prosecutors wanted 30. Maxwell has denied that she abused anyone. The disgraced socialite has been locked up in Brooklyn's Metropolitan Detention, detention Center for nearly two years since her bust and throughout her month-long trial, which ended with her conviction on December 29, 2021. Wow. Uh, well, what do you think, huh? I don't think we know the half of this story. I don't know. I got my doubts. I've got my suspicions. There's something totally weird about all of it. All of it! Epstein killing himself. Come on. What did Ghislaine Maxwell do anyway, for real? Hey, there was something weird about this whole thing. Dino, you've been in the slammer before. You know what's going on. What do you think of this Galeen, Galeen thing? Okay, so let me try to get you off speaker. Can you hear me, Greg? Yeah. Okay. When she said she was in the Metropolitan Detention Center, it takes about two-something years for it to get designated. You just don't get designated immediately to a prison. But she got what she deserved. And 
Uh, your question again, please say it to me again. I don't know. It just seems like a lot of uh, oddness with this whole thing. I don't. Uh, yeah, it is. I, I don't, agree I don't with you, and about Epstein uh, killing himself. No, I'm on your side. There's oh. a lot more to it that meets the ear. All right. But what I want to speak about for a second, two things. Derek Evans, when mm. he was on your talk show a little while ago. Yeah. That man did three months. He made a mistake. His mistake is he didn't burn police cars. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't throw. He didn't throw stones at cops. He did not riot peacefully. That's his mistake. So I'm going to follow Maxine Waters' rules. Get in their faces. If you're listening, Nancy Pelosi and Maxine Waters, and you, Chuck Schumer, when I ever see you guys, I'm going to do just like the lady said. I'm going to get in your face. Yeah, anyway, I know. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't. You know, I'm mad. I'm mad. All right, relax, well, relax. I know, I know. I feel for the guy too. Fortunately, it's only three months. Hey, Dino, do me a favor. We've done this before. I need your number, all right? And do me a favor. Once you guys get it over there, please come and give it to me. Take a picture of it and text it to me, okay? Dino, don't go anywhere. And uh, don't you go anywhere either. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. There's so much nonsense. They're uh, debating, you know, who was in what room on January 6th. And did Mark Meadows go to a hotel on... January 5th, just such nonsense. Meanwhile, 50 people are dead. 50 migrants from south of the border coming to this country, desperate to come here. Maybe they heard Joe Biden telling everybody to rush the border. Remember that when he said that? I mean, the word was out that uh, it was going to be a night and day situation, totally different with Joe Biden as president. And they came And now they're suffering. They're dying, dying. 50 men and women in a truck. You know, they get transported around. It's all illegal. I think the truck, the license plates may have been stolen. And the truck driver, for whatever reason, just left them. How do you do that? They all died of heat exhaustion and I think also suffocation slash heat exhaustion. Is that possible? Just terrible. Absolutely horrific, horrific. And, uh, you know, just like Ukraine, it wouldn't have happened if Trump were still in power. It would not. Uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, that um, very peculiar press secretary, let's see what she had to say about this, please. Cut 57. Uh, we're focused on them, on the facts, uh, on and hell holding the human strugglers who endangered uh, vulnerable individual uh, individuals for profits accountable. Uh, and we're and we're focused on continuing our historic actions to disrupt dangerous smuggling networks, including through new uh, anti-smuggling campaign that just in the first two months uh, resulted in over 1,800 arrests. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the border is closed. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not closed. Sounded kind of perfunctory. Sounded kind of inadequate, right? What would I expect? What would you expect? I went to Alejandro Mayorkas, who's still worried about white supremacy. I went to his Twitter page, nothing about this. I went to the Department of Homeland Security's Twitter page. This is where they put information out. This is where they make statements, nothing about this. Uh, Immigration, ICE, Customs Enforcement, nothing about this. And the news media kind of, well, you know, covering it, but they're not all in. 50 people died due to federal policy. 50. Uh, The most vulnerable, poverty-stricken, desperate. Hey, I admire these people. I really do. Anybody who tries to come to America, I I wish they would do it legally, but I admire the gumption, quite frankly. I do. Uh, Immigrants picking up and coming here. 
but Joe encouraged them to come illegally. He did. And all those Haitians who came here as well, it was they were responding to uh, a change in federal policy. Joe blew it. He really did. All right. Are we done with this dumb thing? Closing statement from Chairman Thompson. What did we learn? Literally nothing. It was a bunch of hearsay. Uh, Donald Trump threw a plate at the wall. He was so mad. You know what? If this the election was stolen from me, if I were president of the United States and they screwed around like that, I'd probably throw a plate at the at the table or at the wall. At least. At least. Who can blame the guy? That That's all they have. And I guess there was some sort of uh, allegedly a physical, you know, it's a very serious argument with the Secret Service agents. So what? I'm getting a little bit tired of the men and women of the FBI, the men and women of the Secret Service, the men and women of the... Customs, the men and women of the Treasury Department, the men and women of the Justice Department, shut up. All right? You are, it's about the people of America, not the damned swamp. The men and women, the men and women, the men and women. And that really intimidates elected leaders somehow. Ooh, you know why? Because elected leaders are constantly asking those men and women for favors. And they're trying to influence those men and women. They're always talking about themselves in those kinds of terms. Men and women, men and women, men and women. Victor is in Easton, Connecticut. Yes. Hi, how are you? I just finished the uh, trial of, uh, of Jesus Christ. Victor, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. Uh, i got to go to Eric in Manhattan. Eric. Uh, hey, Greg. How's it going? Um, someone had a good question on Twitter. They said, well, they said, I haven't seen Democrats this upset since Republicans um, freed the slaves. I, have to, I would have to study that more. I think it's between <laughs> – I mean, meeting Roe v. Wade, right? Meeting Roe v. Wade, they're really upset. I think it's between Roe v. Wade, what happened that recently, and, and Donald Trump being elected in the first place. But, but I don't know because they filibustered, I, I think, for 30 days, someone said, when they freed the slaves. So what do you think between Roe v. Wade and Trump getting elected in 2000? 16. I mean, they write, it seems like they write it every day. <laughs> uh, what's the question? Uh, hello? Yeah, you made some good points, Eric. Thank okay. you. Uh, question? Uh, no, it's all right. Uh, Walker's on the phone in Jersey City. Yes, Walker. Hey, Greg. Um, you know, I just want to bring up two things real quick. One is the disagreement between presidents and vice presidents. Uh, Bush and Cheney had a disagreement because Bush only commuted Scooter Libby's sentence, and Trump pardoned him, after which Scooter Libby promptly went out and, and uh, trashed Trump. Um, and the other point I have... I is, don't... Wait a second. Scooter Libby trashed Trump after that happened? Not, not immediately afterwards, but, but yeah, he, he, uh, he got on the, uh, the, the Liz Cheney bandwagon. Scooter Libby. What a little twerp. Weasel, yeah. I you I you know I I forgot about that guy, and yeah. what's his name? That's one of the reasons why Bush and Cheney don't talk anymore, is because of Scooter Libby. Cheney said you left a man on the battlefield. I guess he commuted the sentence, but he didn't pardon him. And Trump did. I got to verify that Trump pardoned Scooter Libby, and that snake in the grass still did not. Wow, that's something else. All right, what's the other thing you wanted to say? Washington, D.C. If they charge Trump, they will try him in Washington, D.C., and he has absolutely no chance of being uh, found not guilty. And they're going to try to charge him with a crime before 
January. I mean, before November. That would be illegal. It would all be illegal. Um, yes, they... I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. Um, I just know this. We will prevail. We will prevail. Thank you all. I'll see you tonight on the Newsmax show at 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock on Newsmax. Thanks for the support. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.